Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello, hello, you wonderful people. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jacqueline and welcome to the podcast. And I just wanted to say, first of all, whoever's listening, you guys out there, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode. Sometimes it baffles my mind. Um, I, I, whenever I'm talking and recording this podcast, I'm always like, it's just me and the camera and someone who is struggling with bulimia needs to hear this. And it feels intimate and safe. And then I put it out into the ether and I realized, oh my God, thousands of people are listening to this. What the hell? Like it just, I have little panic moments of realization thinking, right, there are actual human beings listening to out there. Hopefully I didn't say anything horrifically embarrassing. But if I did, I guess it's not the biggest deal in the world. Um, anyway, it's just like, thank you for taking the time to listen to me. And also I'm honored that you chose me to listen to as well. And even if you're new here, congratulations for taking the time out of your day to do something to help yourself. Like this podcast is clearly about mental health. It's clearly about bulimia recovery. It's you taking the time out of your day to do something for you. You were considering yourself by listening to this. So congrats on that. Congrats on putting in that effort. A lot of people that I talk to always feel like they're not putting enough effort into bulimia recovery or whatever their goals they have in their life. But by you just listening to this, listening to something that's informative and, and um, trying to better yourself, that is putting in effort that is enough good for you. Anyway, <laughs> and on the theme of that today, what I want to talk about is discussing shameful things um, and why it's important to talk about them, which sounds like a simple topic, but it's been going on for me a lot. And it obviously goes on um, for my clients all the time. And I've actually been experiencing this firsthand myself talking about shameful things lately that make me uncomfortable, but also with consults that I've been having, as you guys know, the group coaching for the October, I have a October group opening up specifically for bulimia recovery. It's going to be a group of seven people. We're going to be coaching together from October 7th through um, January 7th. And this whole month enrollment has been open. So I've been doing lots more consults for the group coaching, because I have to, I want to talk to people first, make sure we're a good fit before they actually join the program. But it's been really cool because I'm getting to talk to a lot of people that I wouldn't have talked to otherwise. And just the the fact that they trusted me to get on a phone, get on a Zoom call and talk to me about their bulimia, something sometimes they haven't shared with anyone, has just, I feel so grateful and privileged to get to talk to them about it. Like, Sometimes I have to take a step back and be like, oh, right. I get the honor of, I get the privilege to actually hear something about them that they haven't told anyone else. And they're trusting me enough to talk about it. And I get to share some of the most intimate and insightful conversations I've ever had in my life with these people. And it's just so amazing. But also something that they're doing, which is so brave and so important, is they're talking about something that brings them shame. Bulimia is such a touchy subject to go through and talking about it 
helps them, even if they don't even join the group, just the consults, getting on the phone, talking about something you're nervous to talk about, talking about something that you know you have a whole bunch of drama filled about, it takes effort and work, but it is, can be so, so vital towards your recovery and healing that shame. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. But before I go into that, just let you guys know that group coaching that I'm talking about, this upcoming week is the last week to enroll and join the group. If you have been hearing me talk about it and you're kind of like, I, I don't know if group coaching for me, I've had a lot of people be kind of nervous about it, but they, they're like, I think it'd be good. I would recommend if we're even considering like that it would be a good option, just hop on the opportunity to get on a consult call with me. It's free. It's totally like, it's not a call. People hear consult and they think, oh my God, it's, I have to make a decision. I have to buy right there. If I, if I get on the call, I have to buy. That's not what it's about. And I think coaches that force people into things like that on a call do a disservice. A consult is just to discuss what's going on in your life right now to discuss the program and help you make a decision on whether or not it's the right choice for you. And there have been consults where I tell people, this is not the right choice for you. Um, we need to do something else. So it really helps you bring clarity to the situation. That's what a consult is. So if you're even just like a tad curious and you're kind of like, I think it'd be beneficial, but I don't know if it's the right thing for me. If you like this podcast, if you really enjoy me talking about it, you'll definitely like the group coaching program. If you're struggling with bulimia, it's probably up your alley. So consider that. And then I also have some spaces open for one-on-one -on -one coaching, which isn't always the case. So if you would like to be a one-to-one -one private client with me, there are spaces available right now. You can sign up for both um, in the links in the podcast description, or just go to my website, which is bingebakers.com. Or you can go to my Instagram, which is also bingebakers um, underscore bulimia. Uh, and you can check the link in the bio and that will have all the links that you're looking for as well. Okay. So talking about things that bring you shame, a lot of people that are listening to this, they're going to bring the context in of bulimia brings me shame. And we, so many people have so much shame tied up in their eating disorder. I get it. I had a lot of it tied up in there as well. I was so nervous to tell my boyfriend about my bulimia initially. I thought he was going to think it was disgusting, that I was a liar, that I was keeping things from him, that I was crazy, that I had a serious problem, which, you know, was a serious problem, but that, that I was just all these things. I was so, so ashamed of myself. Every time I binged and purged, I acted as if I had just murdered someone, as if I was the most disgusting creature on earth as if I just had no capabilities whatsoever. It made me depressed. It made me feel like there was no hope so much. It just felt so bad. So you guys are probably feeling that way about your bulimia too. Maybe it's not horrible, but you still feel a lot of shame. A lot of people feel shame for bulimia because they feel like I want to not binge, but I keep on binging. So it creates this huge lack of confidence. It feels like it's a huge weakness that you have. And that's what people see it is. That's where the shame comes, comes from. So many reasons why people feel ashamed when it comes to bulimia. Um, so I really want to talk about why it's important to discuss these things out loud with another human being. Um, or if you're like me and also doing it on a podcast, why those things can be so beneficial. The reason that I'm bringing it up is partly because of the consults that I'm doing right now and so many new people being brave enough to discuss these things with me has really shown me, again, the value of discussing things one-to-one -one with someone. So, so amazing. But then also I just hired a new coach. And so something that makes my content good is when I actually share what's real for me in the moment. And what's real for me is I 
hired a new coach. I just started with her this week and I hired her for an issue that I have a lot of shame and drama around. Um, and really it's quite similar to how my relationship was with food, but now it's with money. So I have a horrible relationship with money in terms of how I think about it. I really, I worry about money constantly. I, and I feel, I feel embarrassed talking about this right now because um, for some reason, I always want to portray this like professional, perfect, I don't have any flaws sort of vibe, even though clearly I, don't, I think you guys have all figured out that I have my flaws, <laughs> but I always want to bring that out. Right. Um, and so I feel embarrassed discussing it, but I always worry about money. I'm constantly like, anytime we have to just make a decision about money in my life um, with my partner or just with me, I always feel nervous about it. I'm worried I won't have enough or I'll have too little, something like that. Um, whether I have two, whether I, whether I have money in the bank or I don't have money in the bank, I always consistently worried. And I always thought, you know, I used to be in a horrible, pretty bad financial place, especially when I was in bulimia. Um, I was in a lot of debt and couldn't pay my bills most months, that sort of stuff. And I got out of that. And I actually just recently paid off all my debt, which is amazing. And I thought this will make it better. Having a consistent income, that'll make it better. And paying off my debt, then I'll feel better. I still worry. I still feel bad. I still have such scarcity wrapped up in money. And at the same time, I also feel super guilty about money. I feel guilty for making money. I feel guilty for wanting to make more money. I feel guilty about desiring money in any shape or form. I feel guilty about what I spend money on. Like we have a nice gym membership now. It's it's more, it's a really like the nicest gym membership I've ever had. I feel so, so guilty about that. And on this coaching call with my, my coach today, to get to the point, I talked to her about my finances and I felt so embarrassed and so much shame. And I had the desire to lie over and over to her again on the call, because what she did for her first call, she just clearly laid out the numbers. She's laid out what's going on in my business and what's going on in my personal finances Nothing, like she didn't have any thoughts about it at all, but me, when I had to tell her certain numbers or certain things, she asked very factual questions. The, the answer itself was just a number, but the feelings and thoughts I had attached to it were, were awful. I just really didn't want to tell her. I felt so, so bad. But during the course of that call, what was really beneficial was every time I actually told the truth. Cause I was like, okay, I know if I lie here, it's not going to help me. The point of this is to actually talk about it little by little. It was like ripping off a duct tape bandaid. <laughs> it stung, it stung really badly, but then it subsided. And little by little, I started to keep, when I brought up what was make like the thoughts I was having, I realized how kind of irrational they were, how not necessarily true they are, and how different they were from the reality. And also how differently my coach thought about the numbers versus me. Just having a different perspective alone was helpful. So I'm thinking, oh my God, this is horrible. I'm such a disaster. And she's thinking, this isn't that bad. This is pretty normal. Maybe like you could spend more here or something like that, or um, that sort of stuff. And I'm thinking completely opposite. So all in all, Talking about that, talking on that call was me talking about something that brought me so much shame, but what helped bring that shame down just a little bit was bringing clarity to the situation, separating facts from reality. And I'm going to list out all the reasons talking about, um, talking about things that bring you shame 
really, really helps, but that is probably the number one benefit. And I was going to save it to last, but I'm just going to talk about it because I'm feeling passionate about it, about it right now. Shame really can't survive. Um, this is a Brene Brown quote, actually. Um, if you don't know who Brene Brown is, look it up. She's a great author. But she said, shame cannot survive being spoken. And it's really, really true. Because what happens is, what ha ha happened to me with money, which, you know, my relationship with money closely parallels the relationship I used to have with food. It's like I transfer all my th thoughts from food to money. But that relationship it can't, my shame can't survive being spoken because when I say it out loud, I kind of realize how ridiculous it is and realize how much validity it does not have. It's like you're living in a, shame is like living in a house of smoke and mirrors and it looks way worse and you start building these things up in your head. You start thinking you're the worst person and everyone else thinks that you start buying into all these lies and oh my God, I'm so deeply ashamed of myself. And then someone turns the lights on and turns the fog machine off and then moves some of the mirrors away and you're like, oh, it really isn't that bad. Like maybe there's some things I don't necessarily feel good about but it's not the worst thing in the world. And I'm making this much more dramatic than what it actually is, which is just a room that has some mirrors in it and a smoke machine. That's kind of such the biggest reason because when you start to actually look at the circumstances, which is what the coach did with me, and that's what I do with my clients too, to bring this back to bulimia, I don't talk about myself too much. What is really helpful for clients, like take, for example, a client comes to me, something that always happens when I coach with people is like, tell me about when they binge and purge. A big reason they're coaching with me is because they're binging and purging. They come to me and they tell me I binge and purge. They have all these thoughts about it. They are so nervous. I always commend my clients when they actually tell me about it because that takes such guts, such bravery to talk about, but it, it takes guts and bravery because they're so, so scared because they're thinking in their head, I, I'm, I have failed. Jacqueline's going to think that I have no capabilities. Maybe she's going to give up on me. Um, I can't believe I did this. This means I'm never going to recover. I didn't even try. Oh my God, I'm the worst person ever. Um, there's no hope for me. I actually liked it binge. I actually wanted to binge. I thought about stopping and didn't do it. Oh my God, I'm such a fuck up whatever. They have a whole bunch of thoughts about it. And then it's funny because they're coming to me and I'm thinking, of course, they've engine purge. They're struggling with binging purging. That makes total sense. I don't see it as a disgusting thing. I just see it as a solution that your brain is offering to you for either stress, not eating enough food, restrictive thoughts, um, you know, some sort of habit fulfillment. That's what I see. I don't blame the person, but they're blaming themselves. And so when clients come to me, I just start asking them factual questions about it. I'm like, where were you when you binged? What was going on in your head beforehand? What, like, where actually were you standing before you went into the kitchen? What were you thinking about? What was going on? Did anything happen earlier that day? Was there, you know, was there a reason that you binge? And they're like, but I'm disgusting. I'm horrible. I can't believe I did this. And, and when we start to bring light to the situation, shining a light on those things, when we bring clarity to it, they can start to see the direct reasons they actually binged. And that they're not just some crazy out of control freak who can never get better. They start to almost have compassion for themselves and they see where they went wrong, where, where they could have turned back, where it actually happened. It brings reality to the shame and the shame starts to shrivel away because it's like, it has no place here. We actually know what's going on. That is the huge reason that you need to talk about things that bring you shame instead of keeping them in. Because when you're keeping them in, they're just going to keep breathing. 
just going to keep growing bigger and bigger when you actually lay it out there. It's kind of like um, the book that I'm reading or a book I was reading. Um, it's kind of embarrassing. It's a book I read in my teens that I just, I just reread. It's very cheesy. <laughs> it's called The City of Bones. It's like the Mortal Instruments series. But anyway, there's like demons in that book. And the demons cannot survive in the daylight. They shrivel up in the daylight. They, they, they can't do anything. So they, they hide away. It's like when you bring your shameful things out in the light, they suddenly dissolve. They have no power because it's not real. Maybe that's the biggest point of that is that shame is not freaking real. It doesn't make any sense. It never helps you with anything. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't make you feel better. It doesn't make you take better actions. It doesn't make any sense. The most worst part about shame is it's convoluted as hell. It's like, why do you even feel shame for that? So that's the biggest first point is that when you talk about things out loud, it brings clarity to them and you actually start to separate facts from stories in your head that the shame is telling you. And you start to buy into the reality and see the reality for what it is. And you start to have much more neutral thoughts about it and much more rational, healthy, constructive thoughts about it, especially when you're talking with another person because they can add their two cents in. They can ask some deeper questions towards you. They can start to help you see that reality instead of you going back into the darkness where the shame likes to live and breathe and fester. The other reasons maybe aren't as big, but they are very vital. Um, talking about shame with someone else in particular just helps you feel less alone. It's almost like it brings a comfort to you to know that you're not the only one. When you commiserate, when you share with others, you're kind of letting them share in the burden and they're able to tell you what's going on for them. They're able to give some helpful advice. And it's just nice to know that you are not alone in that situation. You're not isolated. There are others there in your realm to support you, which is why I always recommend like coaching or obviously having a therapist, if you prefer therapy or having just a friend to talk to anyone, someone to lean on. You don't want to abuse that relationship, but also having that when you need it, talking about it makes you feel a lot less alone. And again, they can bring me up clarity to the situation, reality to the situation and make it a lot less crazy than what's going on in your head. Another important thing, one of the final reasons is that it releases tension going on. It's kind of like crying of the mouth. And uh, oftentimes when you start talking about those things, you will start crying. I almost wanted to cry on the phone call with my coach, even though we were just talking about numbers. It was crazy to think of like how, how much I had built up, how much shame I had around that. Um, I didn't end up crying, but I probably needed to. Uh, but when you start talking about those things, it brings up all those emotions and it's almost like a release of tension there. All the things you've been building up, you've been holding onto, talking about it really releases almost all that guilt. It kind of releases the burden going on because you've gotten it out there in the open. It's again, not staying in the dark, festering, growing, brewing. When you say it out loud, it's almost like it's you've actually physically gotten it out of you somehow. And sometimes talking out loud can then start you to bring up those emotions and you can work through those emotions and feel them. And even like crying would help release that tension. I talked to a client today, a very, um, she's such an insightful client and she's further along in her journey, but she was talking about how binging is kind of just a release of tension for her. She really started recognizing, um, that whenever I'm feeling stressed or everything, I need to release that tension somehow. And that's what binging is. So other good ways to release that tension is by talking about it, is by doing some physical activity. Crying releases a lot of tension. It's a, a, a physical kind of motion and movement that really helps.
that's also why writing about it can be helpful sometimes too, because you're physically doing something. But I think when you suddenly have to say things out loud, it makes it very real. And then it allows you to be out in the open. And that kind of forces you to process it. However painful that might be talking about things that bring you shame. I get it. I get how awful it can be, how terrified you can be. I think back to when I wanted to release this podcast, how scared I was um, crying on the phone to my coach. You remember that call that I had, and I had tears after that too, of when I wanted to release it. I, I had made the post on Facebook that I was going to announce to all my family and friends for the first time. I told my parents the week before, but after that I had to, I wanted to release it on Facebook on my personal feed. And I was so, so scared. I was really, really scared and lots of tears, lots of shame built up. But once I actually released that secret out into the world, it made me let go because it helped me own my shit. And it made me force myself to process through those emotions. And then it made me so my maybe kind of forgive myself and be like, this is a part of who I am. Why am I holding on chain to this? Why would, why would I, if anyone else told me this, why would I care? I saw something by um, Renee Sager, the guest that I had just had on, or no, I think it was Renee Sager, but she posted a quote from Esther Perel. Let me look it up real quick. She posted a quote by Esther Perel that said, self-esteem is the ability to see yourself as a flawed individual and still hold yourself in high regard. And something really interesting about releasing things that bring you shame, talking about them out loud is it gives you the ability to own who you are despite your flaws, despite the things that you think make you a lesser person. Um, and I really think that quote rings true to me that confidence isn't loving yourself when you're perfect. Confidence and self-esteem is being able to own who you are and love who you are despite having those flaws and, and being okay with them being there. So all in all, this podcast, I always, whenever I'm talking to the podcast, I feel like I go around in circles, but it's because I'm just passionate about what I'm talking about. If you think you're going to work through bulimia, I'm going to say maybe something that is strongly opinionated and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I really do believe it. It's hard to recover and completely get over bulimia if you never tell a single soul about it. And if you never talk about it with someone else and you never work through it with someone else, really, really hard. I don't, I, I wasn't able to do that. I had that coaching call with um, Janet Archer, which I told you about that coaching call. I was again, so, so scared. I didn't want to say it. I was, I had set up my phone to be in the kitchen for the zoom call. I propped it up next to the microwave, which was, which is set above in the kitchen above the counter so that I could walk around and pace while doing the call because I was so nervous, so anxious, right? It takes a lot of effort to do things, to talk about the things that bring you shame. But that call changed my life, right? It, gets, it made the biggest shift in my recovery that I needed to get myself to where I am today, right? And that's just by taking one simple action, by just telling someone, and that made the biggest difference in the world. So for me, it, it might've been impossible. Maybe I would've been able to figure it out on my own, but talking about it, time and time again, either to other people or talking about out loud, just putting it out into the ether has proven to me that I really like you need to discuss and bring things to light, things that bring you shame. You cannot have them living in the dark. You can't just go about your life, not processing it, not getting through it without talking about it. Um, if you can, cool. Maybe you're very, um, you're a strong individual, but for me, I haven't found it to be 
the likely case. I really think discussing out in the open is almost like the final layer of owning what brings you shame and letting go of it and actually being like, no, this is some part that I'm proud of. This is a piece that I am grateful that I went through and I don't care if it's a flaw. I am okay with myself. I really think it's hard to process any shame if you never bring it out loud, if you never talk about it. So anyway, if this podcast has resonated with you at all, I think the biggest takeaway from it is to not see in the dark and to really look at what's bringing you shame and find someone to talk to about it and how powerful that can be. Um, that's what coaching does, obviously. That's what therapy does a lot of the times too. But coaching, you know, I'm speaking because I'm not a therapist, but for me, coaching, it sheds a light on things. It really puts a light on those things that can't survive in the light because they're not actually real. They're all smoke and mirrors. That's what shame is. It's just smoke and mirrors. Um, don't let it fester. Bring it to light. Talk about it. I promise you it will help. Okay. I think that's the episode. I'm going to let you guys go. Don't forget about the group coaching enrollment. Next week is the last week to enroll. I don't know if I'll have another group coaching program open this year. So if you're really interested, now is the time to join. And I definitely recommend you hop on a console call. It will be good. And the point of the group is to take you through the holidays, which I know is a really tough time for people in bulimia. And that's why I'm doing it during that time. So anyway, I'll let you guys go. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I appreciate all of you guys out there listening. And I'll talk to you guys later. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, by the way. I am doing a new fitness class, so we'll see how that goes. It's like a bar class. I don't know if I'll do well or not, but I'm still going to try it. (laughs) Gonna release that shame and go. All right. Bye, everyone. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery Course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.